Welcome back to Company of One. This is episode 195. Today we're talking about signs that you need to quit your day job. Just five signs. There may be more, but we're going to talk about the five key signs that as I talk to clients, I hear these all of the time. So I'm Dale Callahan. I'm your host. I am a professor of uh, engineering. Uh, engineering management is kind of my area at the moment, although it used to be electrical engineering purely. But I've been in the engineering management leading executive engineering programs. where We bring in people who have experience from all levels of uh, industry and technology experience, though, people moving into technology leadership. So I spend a lot of time talking to people about their issues on their job. So today I want to talk about some of the signs that I keep hearing over and over again as I talk to clients. So just a little inside information of, you know, so I do coaching on this, uh, I mean, coaching directly. I work with people directly. They'll hire me to be a coach. Usually that's from an entrepreneur's perspective. You know, people are wanting to grow their companies, start new companies. But every now and then, it's also a career growth path. Yeah, they're both the, kind of the same thing to me. Uh, if you've paid attention to the company of one concept, you can see that's true. But through our graduate program at the university, we do what is called coaching sessions, where we just ask people what's their struggle, what's holding them back, and, and what are the kind of things that they need help with. Uh, and it opens up conversations always, always, always about people. It's all, I mean, we're talking about tech gurus, right? CIOs, software developers, networking people, engineers of all levels. We never talk about technology issues. It's always people issues. It's always what, you know, we call the soft skills, right? The soft skills that are hard. <laughs> I mean, why are the soft skills so hard? Something's wrong with that. But a lot of these conversations come down to weirdness, you might say, of uh, what's going on on their job. And so often I can hear it. And you could too, by the way. It's not because I have a highly tuned ear to understand you're in a dead-end place. You need to get out. Most people see it from the outside. But when we're in the middle of the belly of the well, we don't see it. We're blind to it. Uh, we have all kinds of reasons, you know, because resistance, you know, the internal resistance to not make a change is huge. And so a lot of times outsiders need to help us. So if you're listening to this, to this today and you're thinking, hey, this might be for me, or maybe you're thinking it's not for you, think about it. I'm just going to give you five signs, but also I'm going to give you a bonus. What happens if you need to stay right now? Because many of you are going to be in that situation. I need to stay at the moment, even though I should go. So let's talk about first about here's some signs that you might, it might be time to quit your day job. Number one, and this is probably the one that I see most, there's just no growth path for you. There's no growth path. You know, it may be that you don't you do not fit what they want to promote, 
like uh, one of my clients. He's he works for a large engineering company, uh, engineering firm. They are a good firm. He likes them, and. But the problem is he doesn't have the engineering degree, the engineering licensure. And I see this quite often in the engineering space. But And that's what they want to promote. And at least that's where he was thinking at one time, that they want to promote that. And he doesn't have that. The path for, to getting from where he is today to getting engineering licensure to becoming certified is just a long, grueling path and not really what he wanted to do. Uh, so he didn't really fit. He's not going to get promoted, probably. They, who knows, right? But you, when you're looking at that and you're realizing, I don't fit the kind of things I am good at, the kind of skills I have, and the kind of things I like to do, doesn't fit with what moves up the food chain. So that is, there's one sign there. But you also might find yourself, there's no growth path for you if you're at the top. Right? And it doesn't mean you're the CEO, but you may be the top of where you can grow. You know, so um, I know my, my father retired military and he was enlisted, but he, his, his enlisted rank was Chief Master Sergeant. I think I got that correct. So when it came time for him to make another move and, you know, uh, a big move out of country, that, um, you know, it was one of those things he had to evaluate. You know, is there anywhere for me to go promotion-wise? I can stay longer and, of course, make more money and uh, make more retirement. But it's one of those balancing acts. A lot of people in the military end up in that. I'm at the top of where I'm going to go. I see a lot of people in the military also find that position when they are at a colonel rank or something where there's a, there's, you know, you, can, you get to a point and you know you're not going any further, right? You, you get passed up. Uh, for some things a couple of times. This happens in the corporate world too, right? You keep getting passed up for opportunities. So th- you're just at the top. For whatever reason, you've climaxed in your organization and there's just no place for you to go. And it may not be that you're at the top of your ability, but you're at the top of how they perceive you. It's just time to go. You can fight that battle, but that battle is probably easier to fight by going somewhere else. So if there's no growth path for you, you need to really think about that because you know unless you have one year or two years or three years left before retirement, we'll talk about that here in just a minute, because if you try to stay in something for so long and there's nothing else to do and you're going to keep doing the same thing over and over again, you're going to get bored, you're going to get dissatisfied, you're going to get frustrated, and it's just not a good fit. So look at that if there's no growth path. Number two, the company does not want to grow. Now, I see this all the time in small company operations where the owner uh, gets to the point where they're making enough money, they're comfortable, they're happy, and you are in there and you want to grow and you want to do things and you want to be creative and you want to solve customer problems in different ways and you want to bring more income in. And the boss, the owner is just like, well, I, I don't really want to do that. But sometimes it will be clear. They'll say it. We are where we want to be. We want to keep maintaining service. We're not really looking to grow and expand the business. Sometimes they're just that blatant and say it and clear, which is awesome. You at least know where you stand. Sometimes you just know because it's been so many conversations you can tell it's happy talk, right? 
yeah, we want to grow, but it's just not time yet. Yeah, we want to go do those things, but we're not prepared yet. And you keep hearing things like that from the leadership of the company. And you are sitting here in a position knowing you cannot grow your salary, grow your benefits. There's no path for you to grow here either because the company's not going to grow. And you're just close to the CEO or the owner. Then it's time to go because they may be happy where they are, but you are not going to be. You know, if you're asking these kind of questions and you have these kind of ideas, it's time to go. Number three. The company is dying slowly or, or quickly. You know, you can look inside an organization and realize it's not going anywhere. If the company isn't growing, going back to point two, a lot of times we're blind to this. If the company is not growing, it's dying. Right? If the company is not growing, it's dying. Now, I'm not judging the leadership. I've been in the position of not wanting to grow. And you realize over a point in time, that just means you're going to die. The company's going to just go under. It's going to just sink. Uh, just over time, revenue's going to go down. Um, but if you're finding that's happening, for whether for it's a leadership issue or no matter what's going on, maybe the market is dying. I mean, for me, for instance, I look at the higher education market. It's kind of a dying market. At least in the traditional sense, what universities are out there banging the drum, trying to get students to come to classes, and uh, and then you got people like Google and Apple out there saying, "Hey, you know, we you don't need that." Uh, it's a slowly dying. Maybe it's not so slow, but it's a dying market. Uh, so a lot of times that's what's going on. Your market space that your company serves is dying, and the leadership's not changing to adapt to the changes that are needed. Uh, and it's just going out of business. I know a lot of power industry. Um, power industry used to be a great place to work. And I, I shouldn't say used to, but as you look at, it used to be a great place to get a job. And as you're looking at it now, what hap- what's happening to a lot of these power companies is revenue is going down. Now, it depends on the city, depends on the company, depends on things. But overall, everything that's made is more energy efficient than it used to be. They use less power, for whether it's from a you know, washer and dryer or whether it's from a giant manufacturing plant. Everything is more efficient with power. So unless the territory is growing, in other words, the population is growing significantly, Basically, your revenue is going to go down. Now, I know this. Uh, power company executives are showing me the charts and saying, our revenue is going down. We don't know what to do. We're not a, Most of these companies are long-term. They've been doing what they've been doing for years and years and years and years. years you know. They're not the most innovative companies in the world. And I say that not to make fun of them because it's hard to turn when you've been doing something so well for so long, and now you have to innovate, it really requires a change at the top. you got to rip out all the leadership and put in new leadership to change. It's going to be painful. And if you're in the company, it's going to be painful for you too. You might be uh, you know, a, a casualty of, of, of what's happening. 
So, but the company is dying slowly. You can usually look at revenue, you can look at profit, you can look at reports, you can, you know, just look at things. A lot of times you, we know this and we see this internally, but we don't act on it. It's better to get out before they die because when they start doing big layoffs and things like that, all your peers are looking for work along with you. You need to beat them to the market. Number four, the culture is negative. Now by this, I mean primarily it's negative to you. Um, so for, for instance, you're being discriminated against. Now this is going to become politically incorrect, some things I'm about to say. Um, I know some women, uh, some black women that tell me that they feel like what's, ho what's holding them back at their company is they're female and they're black. I've had somebody tell me almost to the words, you know, she felt like if she could change her, 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 her gender and her color, you know, in, in a normal way, not the crazy ways we see today, but, you know, that that would be a plus. And I'm thinking, what? So they, now, now whether that's perceived in her head, it's real. I mean, let's, let's, discrimination is real. It always will be there. We discriminate against people for all kinds of reasons, intentionally and unintentionally, um, illegally and legally. But if you don't, we, and I've asked one person, I said, you know, if you don't think you're being respected, and, and what, what, our, what our inclination oftentimes is to fight the system. We're going to fight. We're going to sue, you know, and do all that kind of stuff, which, you know, there's a path for that. But you're like, what's the end game here? Do you really want, are you, are you going to fight to work for an organization that doesn't respect you? Now, it may not be because of that kind of discrimination. It may be because, uh, you know, like in the case before, you know, you're an engineer and, and you're not the right kind of engineer. Uh, maybe you have a background in something and you don't fit in the culture of the company. Uh, maybe, you know, the company is, is, is a lot of younger people and you're older. And you just you just aren't going to fit, and it's not that this, it's not really that it's discrimination. It's just the culture is negative to you. I don't mean they're being mean or anything. They could be, but it's just not a fit, and you're just feeling like I don't feel like I fit. I mean, I've I've had this conversation at the university many times as I was trying to do different things, and I was you know. I, I'm an I'm a industry-focused guy. I, I'm focused on what goes on in entrepreneurship and industry. And it, the world of academia is built upon a lot of measures of things that don't matter to most people. And I don't care about those. You know, publications and research grants and, you know, the money that comes in from research. I mean, you can bring in a boatload of cash like we do at the university. and But if it doesn't come from the right agency... They look down on it, right? So I had I quit playing that particular game because what's the point? What's the point? Because I didn't fit in that little bubble there. Um, now here, but here's another thing that from just a raw, the culture is negative. If you're sitting around looking around your organization and saying, "There's no one I trust. I don't trust my peers." I don't trust my boss. Now, first, you know, you do need to do a mental check. Are you just suspicious and you don't trust anybody? 
But if you're looking around saying, I don't trust anybody around me, that's a sign something's going on. A friend of mine just recently, uh, and not recently, but uh, years ago, left a major university, and he is now at another major or another big university. He's at Liberty University, and was just telling me the other day that the culture there at Liberty, people are so nice and trusting and passionate and driven around co- a core theme in, in this case, the theme is the gospel. And this, I mean, it's, it's shocking when I heard it from him because, you know, usually that's happy talk. That's not really the way it is. But he's like, they're just, they're very serious. But they're very friendly and they're very helpful and they're very, you know, and coming, I know the organization he was with, the large major university, they're just not that way. You know, it was a place where there wasn't a lot of trust and people would stab you in the back. You know, so if you're sitting there saying, I would not turn my back on anybody in this organization, and there's nobody I can go to for mentorship, at least that I found, there's nobody I trust, yeah, there's a sign that your culture is negative. Number five. So here's the five. And this is probably the big one that maybe wraps up everything we just said. You are not doing work that you're passionate about. Your passions, whatever's driving you, which may fit because your company doesn't want to grow or because the company's dying slowly and there's no growth path. You know, all those things may fit into this. But if you're just finding out what the company does I'm not passionate about, there's some signs. You know, um, I we have some clients that are in the, uh, at least some past clients that were in the insurance industry. And, and they were really good at what they were doing. They were software people. They were really good at their software. They love software. They love development. But they just finally had to admit to themselves, they just find insurance boring as dirt. Now, I'm not saying you would. Somebody else probably loves it. They think it's cool. But this guy thought insurance was boring. And so even the coding and the things that were fun about it the, because of the culture of the organization and those kind of things, he just wasn't passionate. He couldn't get passionate about writing code for insurance industry. Okay, but there's the five signs. I'm gonna hit you. I'm gonna hit. Like I said, like I promised, we got a, a bonus. What do you do if you need to stay? But number one, there's no growth path for you. The company, or number two, the company does not want to grow. Number three, the company is dying. Number four, the culture is negative. Or number five, you are not doing work you're passionate about. Any of those things, man, they're signs, they're big flashing lights that something needs to be done and you need to think about leaving. Before I jump into the other issue here of what to do if you need to stay, I just want to point out in the book that I've mentioned before, Necessary Endings. Necessary Endings, it's an awesome book. Um, It is a book that is who wrote the necessary endings book goodness i got the wrong link um all right well i can't find it at the moment necessary endings i'll put a link to it in the show notes uh look it up on amazon it's a great book it's a book and i mean (laughs) another case of this which has nothing to do with the job is a lot of women are out there hanging around with guys that won't ever marry them you know here's a necessary ending uh, but in the book, he talks about the employees, businesses, and relationships that all of us have to give up in order to move forward. 
That last statement is so critical. If you want to move forward, you have to get rid of the ball and chain. (laughs) That's not a path to marriage or an analogy to marriage. But your job, your old job, your old things that you're hanging on to that we are afraid to let go of hold us back from moving forward. So it's a great book. Link in the show note. Now, what do you need to do if you just need to stay? Maybe for a short period. For instance, you might be near retirement or some other big milestone, right? You're a couple of years away and you just like, it doesn't make financial sense. I can just look at the numbers, do the math, talk to my financial advisors, and it doesn't make huge sense for me to go quit my job right now. I mean, it's a it's a huge, you know, gut-wrenching financial hit. Now, I usually don't like to make decisions based upon that. Uh, I like to make decisions based upon I can always out-earn that financial hit, but I'm weird that way. So let's just be more practical for the rest of us. You know, if you're looking at that and you say, I'm only a couple of years away. Now, if you're if you're saying it's five or 10 years away, or I'd, like a friend of mine said one time, I'm 15 years away. 15, her, her exact words were 15 years more of this crap and I'm out of here. <laughs> I remember thinking, what? But, you know, so use some logic here. You know, what's logical? Because 15 years is a long time. 10 years is a long time. If you got three years, maybe two years, maybe one year, you know, and you say, hey, you know, I can stick this out. How do you, and I think I need to stick it out for my family, for the financial benefit. Um, There may be other reasons, by the way. It may be that you're in a company that's owned by your family. I've seen this one before, and it's just really dumb of you to leave, not only from the financial impact, but from the relationship impact. You really like your coworkers. And I've had other people that aren't in family businesses that say the same thing. I I really, really have great relationships with my coworkers, uh, which is kind of hard on some of the reasons to leave uh, before, you know, if you're in a bad culture. But, uh, but if you're finding a company that is not growing and you really have great relationships, uh, you know. So there may be there may be these reasons, right? And this is for you to think through. It, if but if you if you come to the conclusion, look, I just need to stay. Uh, and that's what some guy told me the other day. Look, Dale, I just feel like I need to stay here at least for right now. Okay, let's go there. You've established, you've made that decision. It's not time to go. You need to stay. You know, stick a stick up. You know, uh, a a milestone out there and say, I need to stay for three more years until I'm retirement eligible. I need to stay for four more years because of this. I need to stay for you know two more years because they're going to pay off my graduate degree. I have that conversation with some people every now and then. You know, so put a put something on your calendar and make sure you've kind of put this little deadline out there that you're reevaluate, first of all. But second uh, I mean, as we're doing this, what do you need to do? Here's how do you do it. Uh, number one, do your job and look for places and paths to grow your future gig. Right, Because if you've got some kind of milestone out there and you're going to be out in a while, retire, get out for any reason, what's the next thing? 
be working toward that. And this is this. Oh, I've seen this have so many huge benefits where you start thinking to what you want to do. And so your mind and energy starts happening over there, what you want to do. Your job's kind of gotten boring and stale and you're just doing it. But your mind starts cranking up on what you want to do on the outside, right? And maybe you start working on it on your off hours. What happens is you start getting energy and you start getting passion. And that passion and that energy comes back to your day job. And I have seen people do just what I just said and come back to the day job with more passion and more energy and fix the situation. It just kind of fixed because they realized it was them, right? But worst case is you start thinking about what you're going to be doing next. You and you, So in generated excitement, take on something that may um, that may be the next gig. Start researching it. Start working on it. Start talking about it. Start meeting with people. All those things. We'll get into that in other episodes. But number two, generate excitement in other ways. Take on something they may need. Your boss, your 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 company. That that's a little bit out of your space, right? You know. Okay, I'm going to leave in a couple of years, and I'm bored. I'm stale. Um, we got this thing over here I know nothing about, and they, and nobody stepped up to the plate to lead it. Let me jump over there and do something. Um, a friend of mine at the university said, you know, he, he told somebody, he said, I'm just bored. You know, I can do my job with both hands tied behind my back. And they said, well, hey, we got this need. We need somebody to run this effort for about two years. And he stepped up and he said, I'm on it. You know, and, and, and it wasn't necessarily the best thing for him in the terms of it wasn't a whole lot of fun, but it was a distraction, right? It got him past and shook some things up got him connected to people in different ways. It was a good it was a good path. So you can find some internal excitement sometimes just by looking around the company and taking a step out. Number 3, yes, start your side gig. Now, this is instead of looking at it, but you actually start a side gig and you put your mental energies into it. So I want to start doing uh, some woodworking on the side, right? I want to start selling some woodworking stuff because I love making things with wood, right? So you you start building stuff and selling it. So you build stuff on the weekend and sell, sell it. And what happens now is your side gig begins to grow. It gives your mental energies a place to go. You start thinking about the other business. And then you're okay. And I hate to use this word, but then you can coast. You can go do your job. Show up, do the things you need to do, and coast to that goal line, knowing that as soon as you get into that goal line, your other thing has already got momentum. I talk about this kind of stuff with clients a lot. A lot we talk about what are the signs you need to go. So you may have been working with an organization for one year or 40 years. It doesn't matter. But I think it's healthy to, you know, we're not talking about a relationship like marriage where you vowed before God. We're talking about people just change jobs, even great jobs, even, you know, because they just need something else to do. They get bored. They've lost their passion for it. It's time to make a change. Or at least it's time to sit back and analyze 
what's my path forward? All right, I'm going to leave it there. We will talk to you next week.